0: It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught, in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. That's exactly what I aim to do once again on this episode of The Secret Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. I'm excited this week. I'm going to talk about something I like to call coping with truth. Sometimes we get hit with some information or in our constant truth seeking, it's just a lot to bear. We're finding out things, that history's not what we've been told, reality is not what it seems, the media is lying to us, politicians are in it to make money, and they're exploiting us, UFOs are on the planet, aliens are abducting us and conducting experiments, we may be living on one giant farm, and our sole purpose is to be put through suffering so we can provide some kind of nourishment to some kind of god, demigod, demon, archon, whatever you want to call it. These are some of the things, that at least I've been researching and exploring. AI is going to take over the world. Climate change is affecting us. I mean, there's so many different things. GMOs, nanobots, a lot of crazy wild stuff. How can you not get depressed when you hear that stuff? Or how can you not think I'm crazy if you're not used to listening to this show? But how do you deal with that? How do you process that and still say, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a good day today. I feel happy. And I'll tell you something, for the last couple, probably for the last couple months, I've been battling a depression. And the last, I'd say, two weeks have been, they've been bad. I talked about it a little bit last week, but they've been they've been pretty bad. And finally, and I'm gonna, I, I started something new two days ago, and I a complete 180. I felt fantastic the last two days. Now, I I don't remember which planet it was, but I just read some planet just came out of retrograde the day I started feeling good. You know, side note, if you are an astrologer and you want to come on the show, you want to work with Sixth Sense Media, I'm looking. I think we could definitely use you, and I'm trying to understand astrology a little bit better. I've noticed since I've opened myself up more, and, and I'm not really studying astrology, but since I've opened intuitively, psychically, whatever you want to say, I've noticed that whenever a planet like Mercury or Venus goes into retrograde, which is supposed to cause all sorts of trouble, my life has been turned upside down in like crazy ways. Like all my appliances went uh, one week when everything was in retrograde, or I get hit with this crazy depression, or my I, I lose a, a job with with you know with real estate, a deal fall, like just crazy, like very difficult things happen. I think there's something to it. It's definitely affecting me. I, you know, I need to take better notes so I can kind of go back and analyze the data, but I, I, it's definitely had some kind of impact on me. Anyway, I kind of took charge of things two days ago. And I'll talk about that in a little bit later in the show on something that I'm doing now that I think those of you out there who are dealing with this can do and help turn around this, I'm going to call it a battle, a struggle, a fight, this search for truth and knowledge and minimize some of the side effects and damage that we get when we start uncovering some of these difficult things to fathom. i try to keep some of the at the end it's gonna be upbeat. Let me let me promise you that. I gotta talk though. This election, it's driving me crazy. I can't stand the YouTube commercials where politicians are coming on and they're talking about how bad their opponent is. Listen, that's go back two years to my show called The Trump Effect. And I talked about it then. And I'm not bashing Donald Trump. I don't like the guy, but that's not what this is about. I'm not taking a side right here. It's energy. Okay? The energy you're putting out there is what's spreading. So you're putting out a negative ad. You're attracting negative votes. That has a measurable impact. Look at heart math studies. It's got a measurable impact. Look at the Maharishi effect. Okay? That affects human consciousness and ultimately human behavior. And I'm not going to go through all the details now because it's in my archives, which you can find for free. iCloud, iCloud, I, what is it? iTunes, SoundCloud, I can't even talk. I'm so worked up right now. So let me sl- let me slow it down. I, I've done my homework. You guys have been with me. I, I, so I apologize for coming off that way. But I got, I got a big billboard of a postcard in my mailbox the other day. And it really frustrated me. And I'm not going to call out who paid for it, but somebody... One of these parties, okay, and you'll probably figure it out when I read it, but I'm not trying to do that here. But it's this big postcard, and it's got a picture of, it looks like a mob of people, but there's only three men that are clearly in focus. The one guy's got a hat, a black hat on, and he's dark sunglasses, and he's yelling next guy's got his fist up in the air. He's got his face wrapped in a bandana. He's got goggles on. And the third guy, he's got a, a motorcycle helmet on with goggles, a bandana around his neck, and he's holding a baseball bat. Okay? Uh, I'd say intimidating, but these guys don't look like they've ever been in a fight in a day in their lives. But they're, they're trying to look like the angry mob, right? Now, here's this big, bold caption on this postcard. The election is about results versus resistance. So right away, what's that telling you? Those people who are resisting the system aren't moving towards results. They don't want results. They just want to resist the system. If you want results, conform. Stop resisting. Stop being extreme, right? That's how you're going to get results. The left has become an unhinged mob committed to reverse American progress. Okay? You're all unhinged mobs. Let me say that. Both sides of you are unhinged mobs because you're playing the same stupid game that I talked about last week. And I promise I'm not going to go on a long tangent like I did last week. But it's this kind of propaganda, if you get this, it's designed to scare you. And if you're on, I guess this is targeting the left, so I guess if you're on the right, you're going to see this and you feel that way, you're going to go, uh-huh, this is it. We And you're going to start putting it out there. We got to vote. We got to make this change. We got to do it. And here's my thoughts on this. Number one, shame on you. On the back of it, I'm looking at the back now. Your vote must stop the unhinged mob of radical liberals from shredding America's founding principles. Do you understand the hypocrisy in this? In America, you are able to have a difference of opinion. What I would like to see is a candidate who comes out with a... Not with a big postcard that costs money. because This is a waste of money. Dedicate that money to the homeless and the veterans. Some way of communicating a message that says, the left is obviously upset. We're going to find a way to bridge the divide. We're going to bring the left to the table so we can meet somewhere in the middle. What this is doing, to everybody who's already angry, this powder keg that's out there, it's a recipe for civil war. Stop. 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 You are destroying the country in the name of your side here. It's enough. Think twice before you vote, because you're voting for the same machine. And in two years of the presidential election, it's gonna be the same game. They keep manipulating you because well, we got to make we all have to unite now to get rid of Trump. And then in, two, in another four years, is we have to unite now to get rid of this person because there's always going to be a problem. That and it's like, well, let me pick the lesser two evils because I want to eliminate this problem. Another problem, we got to do something different, my friends. Do something different. All right, I, I, I know I'm yelling at, at you guys on the show. I don't, it's not directed at you. I'm just frustrated because I'm sure you guys are thinking in a similar way. Um, it just sucks to see that, man. So that's it. I'm gonna get rid of that. Didn't mean to open with that, but I did. All right. <clears throat> uh, let's get into some some news here. Actually, before that, I want to I just want to share a little story. This past week was Halloween, October 31st, uh, also known as Samhain in the, in the pagan tradition. And we did our trick-or-treating over the weekend in my community because we live in a, a mountain community, and kids can't walk house to house. we got to drive them. So it, it kind of sucks, but at the same time, it was fun for the kids. So I figured Halloween's open now. What can we do? And I'm, I, I was talking last week about being more spiritual. When I say being more spiritual, it, 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 I don't mean you need to start... Adopting some formal doctrine, and you need to follow certain rules and guidelines. Follow your heart, follow your intuition. To me, spirituality is recognizing something greater than yourself and working on your relationship with it. I don't believe in worshiping anything. I think that gives away your freedom, and, and, and it's, it's demeaning. In my opinion, I think worship is a form of slavery. With that being said, I'm trying to bring more spirituality so my I can teach my kids about spirituality. It's a difficult conversation to have. So, Sam Hain, you know, October 31st, Halloween. It's a time to honor people that you love who have passed on. I thought, oh, this would be great. So I, I put together a ritual. I talked a little bit about it last week. And we did the we did a little ceremony, and it was I had a lot of fun. My kids really enjoyed it. It was nothing weird. We lit some candles. And, uh, and we all shared, we, we, we went through the names of people and pets that we've loved, that we've lost. And we said something nice about each one of them. We invited them to join us and offer us any wisdom. We did a little bit of a meditation. And it was really, I, I really I enjoyed it. I enjoyed leading my family through that. Um, and, and I enjoyed just taking 45 minutes to make it all about people we've loved who have passed on in a positive way, not in a sad or tragic way. Just saying, "Hey, I had this funny memory. You know, we had some food, and and it was a nice night. It was it was so nice. And to me, that that was a neat spiritual moment without getting all weird and goofy. But you know, sometimes that happens too, and that can be fun also. But anyway, that was my little experience with uh, with Sam Hayne with my kids. So I'm trying to bring in more of that stuff as, as time goes on, just to connect with my family and and connect, you know, spiritually and. and teach my kids about spirituality? It's, it's not easy being a parent trying to figure out how do I teach my kids about spirituality when I myself have so many questions about, you know, what's real and what's true and whatever. So that's my attempt right now. Let's talk about a couple news stories. I think I've pulled four of them for you. Uh, this one, let's see. Startling new research. This comes from the Washington Post. Startling new research finds large buildup of heat in the oceans suggesting a faster rate of global warming. Oh my... Gosh, be afraid. The findings mean the world might have less time to curb carbon emissions. So I will share this with you in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net, and it will be in the Seeker newsletter that will be in your inboxes on Sunday morning. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, climate change is happening. Global warming is happening. I- I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in the show as well on, I think, our conscious impact of those phenomena. Now, this one's interesting. I'm going to spend some time reading this next article. It comes from the New York Times. Let me just read the heading. You're going to be like, Dennis, this is totally you. Did you write this? A dark consensus about screens and kids begins to emerge in Silicon Valley. Quote, I'm convinced the devil lives in our phones. End quote. Again, was this written by an AI who's listening to my show and here's the things that I've been saying, talking about the comparison between AI and demons? Oh my gosh, when I read that. Now, The majority of the article makes no mention of the devil living in somebody's phone. Just one person said that, and they don't really go into any more detail on that. But I thought that was an interesting statement, especially coming out of Silicon Valley. And and the article goes on, and it talks about... Different parents who live and work in Silicon Valley, who have done research on the benefits and detriments of screens, are limiting or completely eliminating the use of cell phones and, and iPads and even television from their children. One guy compared the difference between uh, like candy and crack cocaine. He said cell phone addiction is closer to crack cocaine. And, and I gotta say, these are these people. Are no joke. Let me see if I... Let me me pull one or two of these. I was going to read the whole thing, but I'll have the links for it for you to check out. Uh, Let's see. There's looming issues Mrs. Stetcher sees in her future. Her husband, who is 39, loves video games and thinks they can be educational and entertaining. She does not. We'll cross that line when we come to it. Uh, Some of the people who built video programs are now horrified by the many places a child can now watch a video ask about limiting screen time for children, Hunter Walk, a venture capitalist who for years directed uh, directed product for YouTube at Google, sent a photo of Harry of a potty training toilet with an iPad attached and wrote Hashtag #products we didn't buy. Athena Chavaria, who worked as an executive assistant at Facebook and is now Mark Zuckerberg's philanthropic, am I saying that right? philanthropic arm The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative said, I'm convinced the devil lives in our phones and is wreaking havoc on our children. This is a woman directly connected to Zuckerberg. Convinced the devil lives in our phones and is wreaking havoc on our children. Is she making a metaphor? I don't know. It says here, though, Mrs. uh, Chavaria did not let her children have cell phones until high school and even now bans phone use in the car and severely limits it at home. She said she lives by the mantra that the last child in class to get a phone wins. Her daughter did not get a phone until she started ninth grade. Other parents are like, aren't you worried you don't know where your kids are when you, when you can't find them? Mrs. Chavaria said, and I'm like, no, I don't need to know where my kids are every second of the day. So, and it goes on and it gives more and more examples of people in these high-tech positions who are taking phones and technology away from their kids as I sit here with my iPhone in front of me and my, my MacBook in front of me and all my, you know, screen stuff. But I've been saying this for a while. I think the phones are dangerous, not just for the radiation that they're putting out and the, and the Wi-Fi signals that are interfering with their own electromagnetic fields. There's an addiction there. So I've, I've been working on reducing my screen time. And it's tough. I haven't taken the stuff off my phone because I, I like to communicate with all of you out there. And I don't plan on stopping that. But I've been doing things like no longer carrying my phone in my pocket, putting it in my bag. Therefore, it's an extra step for me to go through when I have to get to my phone if I want to check social media or something. It gives me that pause to say, can I do something else? I've started picking up magazines again and books and reading that way, instead of always going to my phone, and I have to tell you something, I've only been doing it for a couple days, I've noticed a difference. I, I really, I'm really, wasting less time. you ever just start scrolling through something next to you? know, 20 minutes goes by or 10 minutes goes by. So I, I am starting to disconnect from my phone. I think it's very dangerous. I think the impact it's having on consciousness is very dangerous. There's a lot of benefits to it. There really are. But we need to unplug. We really really need to unplug. All and right, going to move on. I'll have that link for you to read. I got two articles. They're a little bit older from Unknown Country. Still in October, but I should have gotten into these the last two weeks. But I think they're interesting and worth addressing. This one's from October 24th from Unknown Country. Congress finally appears to be investigating the issue of UFOs. The article states, the Defense Intelligence Agency has prepared a report for the House Armed Services Committee regarding the findings of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, the secret UFO program run by the Pentagon between 2007 and 2012. News of the report was included in the April edition of the congressional record, although the details regarding the contents of the letter are unknown. Additionally, UFO investigator Nick Pope reports that the Senate Armed Services Committee is currently investigating the 2004 encounter between the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group and a fast-moving UFO. That's awesome, okay? Again, I still scream conspiracy here, but it's a step, in my opinion, I don't want to say the right direction. We're benefited. We will benefit from some of this information coming out. Proceed with caution, though. House Communication Echo Charlie 4381, published in the April 4th, 2018 edition of the Congressional Record, reads, a letter from the Chief Congressional Relations Division, Defense Intelligence Agency, Department of Defense, Transmitting a list of all products produced under the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program contract for the Defense Intelligence Agency to publish to the Committee on Armed Services. On April 4, 2018, the head of the DIA's Congressional Relations Division sent a letter to the House Armed Services Committee that contained a list of all the, quote, products produced by the now defunct ATIP. The products that... That the record alludes to would presumably include preliminary documentation such as intelligence reports, photographs, and video recordings regarding encounters between military personnel and UFOs. This article goes on to continue talking about a little bit more of those efforts and it names some people involved. This is great. This is, and again, I haven't seen any of our political people that are running right now mention this ticket. Not to say nobody has, I just haven't seen it. That's a person that's thinking outside the box, or at least thinking ahead. But I think they're just too conservative still. I, I, I don't know. I still It blows my mind that this is real. This is acknowledged, finally, from the mainstream sources we've been waiting for, and yet nobody's talking about it. This is revolutionary. Oh, my goodness. But they're going to leak it out little bit by little bit. You'll see. All right, this one's a little bit older. October 19th, again, from Unknown Country. If you don't check out their stuff, please start doing it. Uh, I really love the website, Unknown Country. 12,000-year-old petroglyphs hint at lost civilization in India. Thousands of ancient rock carvings believed to be 12,000 years old are currently being excavated in India. These petroglyphs found in the hills of the of the Konkan region of Western... Uh, I'm going to struggle with this. ...Maharashtra represent a wide variety of artistic styles and depict the humans and geometrical forms. The archaeologists that are documenting them believe that they may be the oldest known examples of their kind and that the civilization that created them is one that was lost to the sands of time. All right. Uh, again, read the rest of this article. I will have it in the show notes and in the Seeker newsletter for you to review. at sixcentsmedia.net. News newsletter will be in your inbox. I think this is important, and I'm hoping this comes out more. And I I plugged it for a while, last year or two years ago, Graham Hancock's book, Magician of the Gods, is a big one to read. Um, And also comes to mind, Michael Cremo's Forbidden Archaeology. Or just listen to them talk on YouTube as a starting point, please. I'm convinced that there was a high society, an advanced civilization here, that was wiped out. 12,000 years ago. And what we saw in Sumer 6,000 years ago was like the reemergence of them. Sounds like they went underground and they went off world. That's what I think. That's what I think happened in my amateur preliminary research that I'm capable of doing. And I think, I suspect, that's a better word, I suspect that remnants of that high society are influencing our current society and have been for a very long time. I think they've infiltrated our society. I think this is what, I think Corso was alluding to this in The Day After Roswell. And I think when they allude to Russian spies and KGB agents and Russian infiltration, I think, not saying that's not happening, the espionage is real, but I think that's also a cover for the greater threat. They don't know who they are, but I think they live as more real than we realize i'm not saying they're aliens I'm not saying they're freaky looking things but there's something that's that's a different civilization a different culture that's well they're well hidden and i think they're among us and who knows maybe maybe you're a listener one of them is a listener if so i would love to have you on the show i'm gonna leave that there anyway check this article out uh it's it's a great read Leak Project this week came out. Rex came out with a video, and I, I gotta, I gotta get in touch with Rex. If you know Rex, tell him to get in touch with me. Uh, he's, he's the big fish. I know, but I'd love, I'd love to talk to him because he's on the same thread that I'm on, talking about the future of AI and the danger of AI. I'll have the link to his show, um, you know, with my stuff, so you can go listen to it. You have to listen to what he's talking about. He has a guest on. I forget who the guest is, but the guy is knowledgeable in AI stuff but I mean, he he's showing some good research on the nanotechnology and he was, he caught my attention because and I talked about this a week or two ago how Julian Assange made a comment of he, he said intelligent nano dust is in everything it's everywhere this is what, is what Assange I'm I'm summarizing but that's basically what he said um but he says intelligent and and they they looked at the word intelligent and he, and they pointed out he didn't say smart dust. He said intelligent dust, and there's a difference. Intelligent thinks for itself, and they went in to share all these different data points and research. I did a, a show, you know, nanotech in the food. Uh, I guess about a month ago, two months ago, right before my my Ed Reardon interview, but the, the, like the pieces are falling together, my friends. And this is why I want to talk about you know coping with truth, you know, on this show. The more, it's it, the more I see. The more good research is coming out, showing us where things are going, where things might be right now. He was Rex was showing uh, some video and or some documentation of they're able to get inside a cell and take pictures of it. They're able to put nanotechnology into bacteria and change DNA strands with technology now. And, and they were talking about how, I mean, think about it. We've got 5G coming online. You've got this nanotech in you. Once this 5G? Because the thing with 5G is it needs to be much closer. I think only 200 yards, or 200 feet. Away. It's got to be much closer than the big cell towers we have all over the place. So they're going to be everywhere. That's one of the fears of this. They're going to be all over the place. What if they start transmitting a signal to, the, to this nanotech that's already in our system? Reardon talked about in his remote viewing session, there's going to be a a wave or a signal that comes out and instantly affects everybody's minds and changes everybody. Do we have the nanotech in us right now? Now, I have read and I haven't seen anything credible yet, but I've seen a consensus, let me say that, and opinions where, number one, your diet might be able to purge some of this stuff stuff out of your system. I want to try the experiment, people looking at Morgellons disease, where they swish their mouth with grape juice, and then they spit it out into a uh, bowl of, of, uh, like, rubbing alcohol. And you can actually see these nanofibers manifest in there and and do all sorts of weird stuff. I I, I need to try this. I got to get some grape juice um, and and see if that works um, because then I'm really going to freak out if that happens. Actually, if that happens, my first step is going to be to get in touch with one of my science-minded buddies and have them see if they can give me a rational explanation for it. But... It's scary, Uh, and the more I look at it, the more I think that there's something going on. There's something that we're moving towards, and that kind of leads to some of my depression sometimes because it's like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not prepared, and I start putting all this mental energy into this, and it's like, wow, this is real. This is a real resistance. What the heck are we going to do? And Then I started thinking, too, though, in my truth-seeking, the bigger picture my stuff on studying what is reality, it seems that we live in an interactive matrix. And although we may not feel like we have a collective hive mind, we, it seems as if, looking at my heart math, the heart math stuff I, I've reviewed, we are connected to a universal or hive consciousness. But through our connection, through our interactions, we have the ability to influence that collective consciousness. And collectively, we are making choices about the future and about the present and how this universe manifests itself in front of us in our reality. Does that make sense? If we are as valuable to these ETs or these higher societies, we are a a product of them, or we are a crop, or some kind of program running. I think, I think, we may part of our function may be to create. And I've talked about this several times with my Hollywood stuff. And I, last week I talked about all the predictions that came out about earth changes and, and climate change. And, and what if, and I may have said this last week, but I need to say it again. What if these messengers who are coming down telling us and showing us images that the earth is changing prepare for climate change. What if these prophets are really the Trojan horse? What if they are spreading the virus, the infection into all of our minds, the virus of fear that will then cause us to create our own destruction without realizing it because we don't recognize our own power of consciousness? What if that's why the news continually puts out the scary stuff And those of us, myself included, who think we're liberating you, who think we're giving you the truth, are actually spreading the infection. I want you to think about that for a minute because there's this push. We got to wake. I don't trust anything, man. And it's like, we got to wake people up. We got to wake them up. We got to wake. Well, maybe we got to put them back to sleep. No, I don't think we got to do that. But Let's tie this back. If there was a high society 12,000 years ago, they tried to preserve some of this knowledge. That knowledge started being destroyed, I guess what, 2,000 years ago when I want to bring it back to I guess Constantine, The Library of Alexandria was destroyed the the door in the um uh, When the conquistadors were here in the Americas, they were burning all the the ancient books that the Maya had. I mean, you look at the Native American population, what's happened to them and their knowledge and their stories. There has been a consorted effort to eliminate this knowledge, this connection to what some people want to call spirit, a higher intelligence. Maybe that's our connection to control the universe or to influence the universe think about that. So by me coming on this show and saying, here's that, I'm seeing AI's coming, AI's going to be bad. Like, it's playing out like the movie Terminator. And I see stuff, I see, here's what's scaring me. I see things starting to play out now that were in my imagination when I was a kid. So, are these movies and these stories and shows like mine planting the seed of creation in our minds. And we are then somehow choosing to manipulate and influence that reality. I almost feel like it's like we're writing our own book. We don't realize that we're writing it. It kind of creeps me out sometimes when I think about that. So I need us to be mindful of that because the truth can be very difficult to process and we get stuck in fear and then we obsess and then we start preparing for it and what we're doing now is we have intention and we have belief which in my experience is the language of the universe. So I'm telling the universe by me preparing for this you know, to the level I am preparing for it I'm telling you it's going to happen universe. And I think there's been certain movements out there that have maybe delayed these things from happening. Maybe the resiliency the human spirit is so good that it you know it, it's difficult to beat us down but I think we need to take the time to although we need to know this information to try to manifest what we want, something better. And that's been my challenge. You know, be, besides the world just beat me up, like, like, let me, let me, let's vent with Dennis here. You know, I, it's been hard. Uh, we've been, we've been pretty broke. Um, let me, let me give you my sob story first. My dad died in 2000. 13, and that's when all this weird stuff started happening when I was started exploring Archon and everything went through that depression and uh, we moved up here where, I, where I'm at now be closer to my mom and I was commuting two hours to get to work so I was killing it on gas money and then I got laid off so that set me back I got my real estate license and uh, we just haven't been able to catch up since then and I've been busting my butt. I was teaching for two years. Um, I'm not teaching this year. So now I'm full-time real estate. And I'll tell you, over the last couple months, it's been like, uh, I hope I get paid soon because we can't afford to put gas in my car. And I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to give you an idea of, of where we've been. So I'm looking at that. And then I'm looking at the system, and I'm looking at the stuff I talk about on the show, and the archons, and they're trying to produce suffering, and all this stuff. And I'm just getting down and down and down and down, and feeling like the victim. I can't catch a break. I can never get ahead. Uh, you know, every time, like, like prime example today, we're finally, we're finally, like, just about caught up with stuff financially, right? So I'm feeling good. I got some closings lined up. I'm breathing a little bit, easier. like, we're going to be okay. My wife needs four new tires on her car. That's 400-something bucks. And then the brakes on my car went today. And it was the calipers, the brakes, whole new front brake set. That was another $850. Money that, well, we were, we thought we were going to have a little bit of savings. That was all of it. It's all gone. So it's hard in life not to feel like a victim and get depressed. And that's not even talking about the truth-seeking spiritual stuff. But... When you're a truth seeker and you're dealing with this heavy stuff that's difficult to process already and then life hits you with normal life curveballs, let me tell you, it, it knocks the wind out of you. And I'm, I, I, I got to say, I've been looking at my own freedom, working with this knowledge and information that I have, trying to manifest the lifestyle I want where I'm no longer a slave to the system. Where I'm not chasing the dollar for 30 years of my life until I can retire and then scrape by and then die. I don't want that. So I have my own businesses. Uh, and I struggle. So I've been doing some research and reading on ways to structure your day, ways to be a better entrepreneur. And um, you know I I think what's big, and this is what I think can help all of us out there, what I want to talk about. We need to get ourselves out of reaction mode. David Icke talks about it. Problem, reaction, solution. Problem, reaction, solution. The establishment, the system, whatever you want to call it. They create a problem, then you react to it, and they give you the solution that they want. And it's tough to get out of that rut. I'm broke. I need to work harder. I need to pay my bills. And then the solution will be I'm not broke anymore, but I still got to, I'm trying to get out of that rut. How do we do that? Let's do an experiment here. It's going to seem dark at first, okay? but I, I want you to please take the time to do this and then think about it after the show. If you're not driving right now, pause, close your eyes, and I want you to visualize something. Wherever you are, you get an official alert on your phone. From Trump's text alert, let's say. And the alert reads, Nuclear attack imminent. Take shelter now. Prospect of survival zero. Because you're within five miles of the impact zone. Think about that for a minute. I want you to... Put yourself in that position. You are going to die in the next hour. The people you love are going to die. Everything you cared about will be gone. What's your first thought? What's your last thought? What In those moments, what are you going to want to do? What are you going to wish you had more time to do? What are you going to regret not doing? Take some time. Think about those things and write them down. That's step one. Step two is... What is stopping you from doing them right now? What's stopping you? Work? Bills? Living situation? I'm sure they're all legitimate challenges. All the same ones that I have. And I don't have a solid answer yet, but I made a lot of progress in the last two days with... The sadness I've been feeling. And as much as I try to empower everybody and feel empowered, because I have this knowledge, I have this gnosis, I understand. You know, I don't want to say I know anything, but I'm going to be cocky. I know what's going on. I know about the Wi-Fi signal. I know about nanotech. I know about AI. I know about Archons. What am I doing with that information? I'm still feeling like a victim. I don't talk like a victim, but I'm still inside feeling like a victim. Like, what am I really going to be able to do? Maybe somebody listen to my show and they'll go out and change the world. And at the same time, it's like I've got all this information, but I have to, I have to work every day. I still got to do real estate every day. I got to call, spend hours on the phone every day talking to clients. I got to go out and show houses because I have to pay my bills. And at the same time, I haven't touched food for the archons in two months. And when I whenever I read that book, I'm shaking with excitement and with understanding, because I know, and every author says this about their work, but I know this book is important. When I read that book, I think, you're going to read this book, and it's going to connect so many dots, and it's going to empower you, and it's going to give you hope as you read it. It needs to be out there. That's how I feel, and I'm sad that I'm not done it yet, and every time I try to find the time, I can't. Victim, 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 victim. I can't. I have to work, or there's a problem, or I need more money. Blah blah blah. My kids are screaming. Like whatever. I got a thousand excuses as to why I don't get to it each day. So I've been meditating. I try to get up early in the morning and meditate, and trying to build a good morning routine. Because what I've been reading, I've been like following the success stories of all these entrepreneurs. They're like, hey, yeah, I have I have passive income because I'm a social media marketer, and I don't, you know, but I've been listening to these guys and and what they do in their morning rituals, and a lot of successful business people do have a set morning ritual, and I don't mean like ritual in a in a weird way, but so I came across. I came across a Tony Robbins meditation. So let me let me share my ritual with you. It's not a big deal. But I, the first key, if you want to write it down, write it down. Is You have to get up earlier. Are you somebody who your alarm goes off, you snooze it, your alarm goes off, you snooze it, and then you have to wake up, get in the shower, eat breakfast, jump in the car, and go to work. Is that your life right now? Or you have to wake up, uh, You know your kids wake you up, and then all of a sudden you're making them breakfast, you're getting them out the door, then you're cleaning the house, and you're picking up the kids, and you're going grocery shopping, and, you're doing all this, and are you somebody who's in reaction mode all day long? That's high stress. Do you start reacting the second you open your eyes? Do you react when that cell phone or that alarm clock goes off, and now I have to do this, this and this, so I can be out the door in 45 minutes or an hour and, and get my way to work and then react all day long at work at the office to the problems that are coming my way? Are you in reaction mode? That is cancer. Reaction mode will kill you, and it will kill your dreams. But it's impossible. I got to make money. Yes. You got to make money. I understand that. I got to make money. I'm broke as a joke right now. But I'm making a change. And since I implemented this little routine in the morning that I'm about to talk about in the last two days, I've never—I can say never—I have not felt this good in a long time, because I got myself out of reaction mode. I react to my children. I've got three kids under six, and they kick my butt. Love them to death, but oh my gosh, the second they wake up, they need. I have a one-year-old. Second, she's awake. I'm waiting on her all day. I have a four-year-old. I have. I have a six-year-old. I mean, I'm waiting on them all day. I got a dog who's aging. And then in real estate, it's overwhelming sometimes because I'm constantly getting calls from clients, from leads, and this and that. The email's always blowing up, so it's like I'm trying to do something for myself, and now I got a bunch of emails coming through. I got a text message coming through, a phone call coming through. How do you take yourself out of reaction mode, whether you're in the office or you're self-employed? How do you, how do you take control? Because I was having so much anxiety because I was playing somebody else's game. I was reacting to everything. I wasn't having time to plan and prepare for things. And I listened to this one speaker, and he said, you need to micromanage your entire day. Plan out your entire day. And it starts with a good morning routine or ritual. So I got up the first morning at 5.30. Today I made it. I got up at 5.00. My daughter woke me up at 4.45. She then went back to sleep. I stayed awake. Best decision I made. It's a commitment, though. You have to go to bed a little earlier. So I make sure I'm in bed by 10. I try to get about seven hours of sleep. Um, It's not always easy for me, but all that means is I'm watching less TV before I go to sleep. I'm not losing anything. I go to bed by 10. So here's what I'm doing right now. I wake up. I come out. I like to drink tea in the morning, so I'll make myself a cup of tea, and I sit down in a comfortable chair, and I listen to... Uh, a Tony Robbins meditation. Let me tell you, I've listened to a whole bunch over the last month of of uh, binaural beats and guided meditations, and every one of them left me feeling like, okay, yeah, I definitely felt a little bit of bliss. I was definitely in a somewhat altered state of consciousness, but it's five o'clock in the morning, dude. I'm I'm still like ragged and exhausted. If you ever listen to Tony Robbins, man, he's intense. So he's got this routine, and he starts off with, if you're familiar with yoga, it's the breath of fire. And it's 14 minutes long. And he walks you through some intense breathing techniques. He walks you through some visualizations, things that you're thankful for, because it's important to recognize what you're thankful for in this world. You feel less like a victim. You feel like, I do have something worth fighting for. And he he walks you through some visualization techniques of What you're going to accomplish today, next year, at some point, something you're going to accomplish and feel good about. And after doing that little meditation, I'm smiling the whole time. The whole time I'm smiling. And I'm starting off my day. I'm owning the day. I look forward to waking up now at 5 a.m. because I can't wait to do that. I've only done it two days. I can't wait to do that meditation. It, It has me so inspired And I've started planning out my whole day in a way that's structured to accommodate what I need to get done. I sat down the other day, something I haven't done to this level, I don't think ever. And I decided, you know, from listening to these different speakers, I can't remember which way I said this, you need to have goals. What are you, think back to, you know, the nuclear bomb's gonna land, you're gonna die. What did you wanna do with your life? What are you regretting? What would you do right now if you could? And I spent a half an hour, and I wrote out goals. First, I wrote down, what are my goals for November? And I broke that down. What's my goals with all my businesses, my real estate business, with Six Sense Media, with the publishing company, with, with all that? What are my goals with that? I came up with a few goals. What are my goals in my personal life? What are my goals with my family? What are my goals as a father? I made a whole list of goals of things that I want to accomplish in November. What are my goals with things that need to get done around the house? And then I wrote down, what are my goals next year at this time? What do I want that to look like? What are my big goals for the year? I did a five-year goal, and I did a 10-year goal. Now, this idea ties into... When, when I was working on the hands-on healing course that I talked to you about and the science behind putting your intention and belief out there to manifest what you want. So I think this is another way of actually doing that. I wrote these out and I have a big whiteboard right in front of my computer. I wrote them all on the whiteboard. I can stare at them all day long and I read them every morning. I also wrote them down in my journal. I wrote them down in my calendar book for November, my November goals, so I can see them regularly every day. I'm working towards them. I know what I'm working for now. Before, I would wake up and i say, all right, I got to call these leads and hopefully I get a sale. But I didn't really have a goal. And I felt like, what is the point? Why am I doing this? Why am I busting? What is the point? I can see what I want now. I can see my goals. I'm working towards them. And it feels so good. I, I encourage you to try. To try. And you don't have to do this exact system. Modify it so it fits your lifestyle and your need. Do what works for you. But I'm excited because the other piece to that, th- this one guy I was listening to, he, the reason why I went to Tony Robbins is because whatever speaker I was listening to, i got to see if I can find the video. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll put it out there. But he was—he he made a comment. He says, look, I take an ice-cold shower every morning. And he, he mentioned Tony Robbins. He says, Tony Robbins lives in Fiji. He takes an ice bath every morning for four minutes. He jumps in this ice-cold water. And I did a little bit of reading on it. I was like, is this just some wackadoo stuff, you know, uh, taking an ice-cold shower? Because I hate, I hate jumping in cold water. Oh my gosh, it's the worst thing. Uh, you know, in the summer, my kids always tease me because they're in their swimming, Like it's too cold. I won't get in the water. I don't like cold water. I don't like being cold. It, 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 I feel terrible. But I started reading it, and there's health benefits to taking a cold, sh- like a nice cold shower. They're saying it can help cure depression. It helps improve circulation. It can help uh, boost your immunity. So I'm like, wow. Like there's there seems to be something to this. So two days ago, the first morning I was trying this, I can't just jump into a cold shower. So I I turned the shower on, not hot like I usually. I turned it on warm where I could tolerate it. I I took a quick shower, and then at the end of the shower, I I set my timer for one minute, and then I turned the hot water completely off. And it took about three seconds, and then the ice just hit me on the head, and I went... Like I was, breathing. it took my breath away, and it was such an invigorating rush. And I was smiling. I felt overjoyed that number one, I had the courage to stand under that shower, and I thought, okay, I know I'm not going to make it for a minute. I'll just make it for 15 seconds, but I, this will be a good start, and I'll build up to the minute. And before I knew it, the alarm was was chiming, and and that my time was up. The shower was done. And I stepped out. I felt so happy. I felt amazing. And that's when I got dressed real quick, you know, took my kids to school, came back, and that's when I wrote out all these goals. And then I planned out my day, in a routine that works for me, where I can make sure I'm dedicating time. And let me tell you something, be fluid with your plans, especially you've got kids. But I, can, I know what I'm working towards each day. Can budget my time accordingly. So this morning I got up a little bit earlier today. I, I I do my well. Let me go back to my morning routine. I meditate, and then I do about a half hour to forty minutes of yoga. Then I get my shower. Okay, I, I got up even earlier today because now feeling so good after that shower, I sat down and I was able to work on food for the archons. I got an hour of editing done. I'm going to kick this book's ass. My goal is to have this book ready to go, at least to my editor, but I want to be pretty much done this book by the end of November. That's my goal. And this routine helped me to do that. And no matter what happens today, no matter what goes wrong, I talked about some stuff that bummed me out today. I worked on my book today, which is one of the most important things in the world to me right now. I worked on my, one of my greatest contributions in my life today is that book. That's one of the most important things I've, I've ever done is writing this book And I spent an hour working on that before anybody else got up in my house. Then I fed my kids. I got them dressed. I got them to school. I came home. I talked with my real estate clients, set up a deal, got a contract underway, dealt with my wife's car issues, dealt with my car issues. I was upset about the money. I was, but not to the point now where I think the world's ending. I'm I'm feeling good again. I came home, cleaned up a little bit, and now I'm doing my podcast. I'm broke, but I'm living my dream right now, you know that's how I feel. i'm not I'm not where I want to be. I'm not. but I got a lot done today. and it's because I started my day right. I the day was I owned this day. It was on my terms because I wasn't reacting. I had to react to a few things and adapt, but I had a plan and I and no matter where I was in a plan, when something came up, I said, all right, well, I already got a lot done. I, I did yoga. I did you know I, I meditated. I've got my book edited, dropped my kids off, and then I started meeting these real estate goals that I had. So even if I had a little setback, I still had things. I wrote a list. I could check off everything that I did. I felt good about it. It was a good day. I can't wait for, to wake up tomorrow. I can't wait to keep working on this book. So I I hope. I hope this resonates with you. You know, I don't have all the, I'm not Tony Robbins. Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to be looking into a lot more of his stuff. And I'm creating the world that I want. If the world's going to end next month, I'm going to own every day until then. And I'm going to build on that. I'm going to build on this. I'm not where I want to be right now. But when you're making steps to get there, It feels good. I I, I said it. I quoted her two weeks ago. Uh, uh, Alicia's quote, live every day like it's your first and every day like it's your last. It puts things into perspective for you. Make the day count. Make it worth it. Talking about all this heavy stuff, what are you doing with it? Okay. We're victims on a farm. You're going to just give up and be a victim all day, or are you going to make the best of it? I'm going to make the best that I can. I hope this feeling that I have inside continues and carries on, and I hope I can spread it to you out there listening. I hope you're listening to this and going, well, look, I'm not perfect. I'm broke, right? I hope you're listening and going, yeah, you know what? Let's try this, because you know what happens? When you start following your dream, What are you putting out there? You're not putting out victim. You're not putting out sadness. You're not putting out negativity. Here's science now. You're putting out positive energy that's contagious. You want to counteract this negative ad that I started with? How would you feel when you were listening to me talk about this negative postcard that I received talking about the the, uh, elections about results versus resistance? How did I feel? I was pretty mad, but guess what? The energy's changed, hasn't it? Hopefully, you're feeling as empowered as I am right now. It's that simple. It's that contagious. I don't want to say it's that simple. On paper, it's that simple. But let's do this. Figure out what you want to do. and Live your passion. Even if you can only get in an hour a day at the beginning, it feels wonderful. And get up. Go to bed earlier and get up earlier. Own your day. That's all. Own your day your day. When you wake up and you're reacting, the system owns you. Today, I own myself and I feel pretty good about that. All right, friends, I go on and on and on. You know me, I love to ramble. So I think I'm going to go ahead and move towards the end of the show. But listen, if you've got an experience to share, if you've had a paranormal experience, a supernatural experience, or you have knowledge on things like climate change, UFOs, you wrote a book, something, We'd we'd love Ray or I would love to interview interview you either for a, a blog article or as a guest on the show. Uh, if you're interested in getting into you know, podcasting, YouTubing, whatever, and you'd like to go out and do interviews for us, we need field reporters. We're trying to build this. Please, please, please get us stories that we can share. We're building this platform for all of you out there as well. We want everyone to be a part of this. So please get in touch. I gotta keep giving those plugs. If you're following out on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, whatever your medium is, like, comment, share, like, comment, share, like, comment, share, and please give it a ranking or a rating or a heart, whatever it is that you can do because that helps expose the show to other people. And that's what we need to do to get this positivity spread out there. There's great intel in in all the content that I have. I stand behind all the intel that we've been putting out here for you guys. But we have to make sure that we're taking that information and we're using it to benefit ourselves in a positive way. Spread the word, please. I think we've got, I think we've got something here. Okay, uh, check us out Facebook. I, I, I didn't even get to it tonight. There have been some wonderful discussions going on with our Six Sense Media Facebook discussion group, both our private group and our Six Sense Media page, uh, Facebook.com/slash The Six Sense Media. Um, and, and if if you want to join the private group, it's not a big deal. Just hit me up, uh, Ray or I will send you a link, we'll send you an invite. I'll have the links, uh, at, they're all over on Six Sense Media. Anyway, you can find them. Just great topics, my phone's been blowing up. Uh, fortunately, I'm not carrying my phone all the time, so I'm distracted from it, but when I have a chance to go sit and look through it, there are some great discussions going on about very real issues. We had an, an issue come up today. Um, you know, Ray shared something about this couple in Philadelphia who raised like $30,000 for a homeless man. And uh, another good buddy of mine, he's a researcher, he's a truth seeker out there. He comes on, and his comment was just, they stole the money. So we started dissecting it a little bit, and it turns out, well, yeah, there is a backstory to it. These people are accused of taking some of the money. And I was so proud of, of everybody in this discussion group that, you know, my buddy didn't come at us from a place of anger. He wasn't like, hey, you idiots. This isn't a true story. You're spreading fake news. He just said they stole the money, and then we worked through it and, and got to what we think is our best version of the truth. As much of the truth as we could uncover is that they have been accused of taking some of the money that was raised on behalf of this man. You know, and I made a comment saying, look, before we judge these people, we should be asking the question, why would they do that? What hard times have they fallen on? How have they been victimized that would lead them to do something that's, that seems so terrible and sad? And it was just a really beautiful discussion. And that's what we're building here with Sixth Sense Media. Instead of all this hatred that we're seeing lately when somebody has a different opinion or a different view or who shares something that for some reason triggers us out there, I'm proud. I am proud of the work that Ray's done. I am proud of the community that we're building with Sixth Sense Media and all, of all of you out there who have been a part of this. So I'd like to say thank you, thank you so very much for being a part. Don't forget sixcentsmedia.net/slash I am human. You get the free ebook. I am human. We're not who we think we are, and you're gonna be signed up for the secret newsletter where you're gonna get all our content as well each week, right there in your inbox. So I'm out of time, my friends. Thanks for listening. I swear you, this has been my best therapy, getting on this show and just venting stuff out. So I, I hope that uh, you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed sharing it. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week. I'm working on lining up some guests for November as well. Like I said, if you want to be a guest, please get in touch with your guests. That's it. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to say,